In a world of uncertainty, one thing is for sure. Cancer doesn't stop during a global crisis. On Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society will host a trailblazing event, Big Virtual Climb, sponsored by AbbVie, to support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and its first in-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or 1,762 steps. Inside or outside, on stairs, on the road or your treadmill, climb your way. Join us for an opening ceremony and then take, your, take on your climb with our heart-pumping playlist. Join us on June 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb, conquer, cure. Register at lls.org slash bigclimb. Look, we all know cancer sucks. This is something that definitely everybody should be getting on board with and, and take part in if you can. Welcome to Puck It, We'll Do It Live, our pre-recorded Minnesota Twins podcast. It is Friday, May 29th. Zach Pierce here, managing editor of The Athletic Minnesota, joined, as always, by our Twins beat writer, Dan Hayes. Dan, how are you doing today? I'm good, Zach. Thanks for having me, and uh, thanks again to the band for playing us in with that groovy, funky (laughs) tune. Thanks for having you. Thanks for having me, I guess. I I feel like I'm more the guest on your podcast than vice versa, but uh, you're welcome anyway. Yeah. Hey. Hey. I'm uh, excited to be here. Let's let's get going. Let's dive into this nasty week of MLB. Yeah. So the news is picking up a little bit on the on the baseball front as they try uh, very clumsily to find a way back to playing. Uh, earlier this week, we had the NHL announce a, 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 a very bizarre announcement. I guess it was. It was a uh, announcement of the format that they will play if they are able to work out all of the millions of other details they have to work out to figure out logistically how to bring a season back. It was sort of an eye-opening thing to see, Dan, because there was an entire half-hour show about just the format of the NHL season, <laughs> and it feels like you've, they've barely even scratched the surface on the things they have to figure out. Baseball obviously will have a lot of those same complications, but they have one uh, very large additional complication right now, which is that the owners and the players uh, are pretty much all in out fighting, Dan. Yeah, there is some uh, belief that this was going to, you'd have to expect this. The, the really ugly part of it is that it comes against the backdrop of what's going on with so many people losing their jobs, and, and a lot of people don't understand why. They're going to publicly fight this out, and that part really does suck. Uh, you just honestly, it's not easy to, as someone that covers the sport, watch it. Um, you know that both sides have good points to be made. There are these conditions that no teams have dealt with ever, because even when the uh, the 1918 Spanish flu is going around. They played through it. They played the next year. There have been some crazy stories these last couple of days of what was going on during that pandemic and how there was no social distancing and people were going to the ballparks anyways. And man, that does really seem dumb. Um, so now, you know, obviously we know there will be no fans or limited fans 
Um, it's going to be a entirely different. And teams, the owners have their points. The players certainly have their points. And it's it's coming out, and it's really ugly. Um, it's not at all. It doesn't make you think that you should be optimistic about it uh, because it's so ugly. But um, it's funny that, you know, I keep coming back to the part that they have to do this, that they have to play or they'll destroy the sport. And so I try to see through all the ugliness, um, what, what's going on. And, and it's funny that the thing that reminded me of that today is right before we went on air here, um, I got something from Bet Online, which is, uh, it used to be Bodog, um, and now it's betonline.ag. And they have their odds on whether or not there will be an MLB season. And currently, and we're going to dive into what some of this ugliness is about here in a few minutes. But currently, the odds for there being an MLB season, yes, is minus 500. So for every <laughs> five bucks you put down, you get one back. And no is plus 300. So odds are still overwhelmingly um, that there will be an MLB season despite all of this ugliness. Our Ken Rosenthal and Evan Drellick have been all over this story, of course, on The Athletic. Uh, this week, the latest, Dan, the, uh, Major League Baseball sent a proposal to the Players Union uh, a few days ago that basically had had no chance of, of going through, <laughs> and I think we knew that from the start. But but uh, the, the, the sort of highlight of that plan was the, was the pay structure that was proposed was that there would be a, a disproportionate pay cut given to higher paid players. So a $35 million player, for instance, would earn a maximum of $7.84 million, while players on the lower end would uh, see much smaller percentage-wise reductions, but still significant. Uh, minimum salary players at 563000 would be down to two hundred and sixty-two, according to their sources. So an interesting part of that story that was sort of broached at the bottom was some of the guys at the at the higher end of that scale, uh, like Garrett Cole and Mike Trout, for instance, really had no incentive to even play if they had accepted that deal and, and had a season since they have long-term contracts. They also have, uh, they both have pregnant wives right now, potentially added risks with coronavirus. So if they're going to cut your pay from 35 million to 7.8, um, why would, why would some of your stars even, even be out there, which obviously wouldn't help the product. So unsurprisingly yesterday, the players union uh, bounced back with a, a counter proposal that involves prorated salaries and a schedule of longer than 82 games uh, to help sort of recoup some of that money that the owners are insisting that they don't have or are losing here. So I think you're right, Dan, the, 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 the thing you keep coming back to from an optimism standpoint is there's just way too much to lose for both of these sides in an economy where 40 million people have lost their jobs to squabble over uh, a few million here and there when we all know that at the end of the day, they're probably doing just fine. But um, it sure does seem a long way off as these things tend to do before they, they finally take a turn. Yeah, yeah, it, it is ugly. Um, you had Trevor Bauer send out a tweet telling Scott Boris to uh, manage his clients, but don't try to influence this thing. Um, Max Scherzer sent, and, and Max Scherzer's uh, tweet was was much, uh, it, it was, it needed to be said. Um, they basically said that, you know, we've previously negotiated a pay cut, which they have. If this is a, they've, they've agreed to prorated contracts so say they play an 82-game season. These players have already agreed to a 50% pay cut off the bat before the season started. 
They made significant concessions immediately, and the owners have kind of tried to go back on that deal. They've ex- the way they're, they've said is that there was language in the contract um, that suggests that it could be further discussed if there were no fans. And, and you know, that's for lawyers. That's not for me. But but basically Scherzer said, look, we already made our, our deal early on, and uh, there's no justification to accept the second pay cut based on the current information the union res- has received. And, and this is going to be a huge sticking point. Baseball has never opened up its books. The, the players – have always been going on half information uh, from what the owners are have given. And if the owners want the players to sit down and, and deal with this a little bit, they're going to have to provide more information. Otherwise, the players aren't willing to accept that the owners are going to lose all this money that they say they are because where's the proof? And, and that's going to be a huge sticking point in all of this. I think that it, it's, it's tough for owners to, to concede that because there's a new CBA coming up at, after the 2021 season. So if the owners give the information now, are they going to be setting a precedent for the future? And I, it's so tough. It, it, it's weird because, like you said, uh, the optics are bad. But uh, and, and it's really weird when you're online and you're trying to talk about it on behalf of the players because a lot of people think the players are being babies and just whining and it's like, why are they? I, I don't get why those fans want to side with the owners when players have made significant concessions. And yes, I get it. The money seems, you know, not realistic to 99% of us. But the fact of the matter is, is that the players have earned these rights to earn the salary. And when you tell a guy that's supposed to make 36 million, you're going to make seven, take an 80% pay cut. Um, I don't know many of us that would sit there and go. 80% pay cut. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. Even if we're talking about the unrealistic dollars that are there, you know, it, there's just so much being asked and, and the owners have the ability to hide all of it and yet, and, and make the players look bad. And, and in respect, the owners are, you know, just as greedy as the players appear to be in all of this. And they just, they get to hide behind because they're not the faces. Nobody knows what the owners look like. They're the guys that are, you know, in the, in their boxes during the game, not in center field or, you know, out there playing for the, for the cameras to see. Yeah. I think whenever you hear about these kinds of squabbles with owners and players, you need to just take the dollar figures out of it and just think about it from the perspective of your own situation, whatever that may be. If, if you were asked to take a comparable um, pay cut, what, how would you feel? And also, on top of that, like we don't, like you said, Dan, we don't have insight into the owner's books. I think it's easier for them to sit there and say, um, to cry poor without having to show proof. But meanwhile, every player in the league, their salary is widely known. And it's a lot easier to sort of um, direct your ire at an actual dollar figure that you can see versus not, not knowing right. the information behind uh, closed doors. But also there's potentially some insidious sort of uh, side moves and all this stuff like, the fact that they were asking the higher end players to take bigger cuts and the lower end players to take cuts closer to what was initially agreed upon had the potential at least to sort of drive some uh, division among the ranks of the players between the players who, for whom, hey, this really isn't any different than what we were originally promised, I'm cool with it, versus guys on the other end of the chain who now have the pressure on them to decide how much they're going to put their foot down about um, that situation. And it's just um, whether that was intentional or not, I can't say, but it certainly um, it, it adds a layer to it beyond just 
this guy's already making $8 million. Why should he cry about losing out on his salary for one year? Yeah. Um, the, it was definitely intentional. I mean, come on. Get the fighting within the within the ranks. All right, I wanted you get to guys say it, to I, don't, I don't have sources. I don't know. It, I mean, everything that's possible that the owners could do to drive perception, they're doing. And the funny part is, is that while all this is going on, the owners have signaled their own intentions multiple times throughout this all. We've seen it with the A's this week refusing to pay minor leaguers uh, $400 a week. Um, we've seen it with the A's refusing to pay their rent for April at the Oakland Coliseum because, and yeah. by the way, Oakland is a cash strapped city just destroyed financially. And, and here is, uh, the Coliseum, which is costing taxpayers there a ton. And the A's said, well, we didn't play any games there. So why do we have to pay rent? Yeah. Good luck trying. Like, I, I think about that. How many people could say to their landlord, uh, in real life, you know what, um, I got fired my job. I got laid off. I don't have the rent money and expect to just get away with it. Like some of this stuff is so ugly and and yet still the owners don't have the same perception going that they are um, as much at fault in this. And it's just astounding to me that that's the case. Uh, You look at the draft. um, There are five rounds and the players were proposed a 10 round draft. Um, and the owners opted for a five-round draft to save, you know, a couple million. Um, but also the owners in that were given the option where the, every player that isn't drafted in those first five rounds could be, uh, could be signed for 20 grand. Um, just talking to players about that, nobody's going to take that. They're going to go to college and, or, or JC and, and enter a different draft. So ownership across baseball has signaled that they are, trying to uh, look for cutting corners at, you know, every turn basically. And, and it's clearly their goal to get the players to fight with one another. And, you know, that's where Trevor Bauer tweeting about Scott Boris yesterday was, uh, was an interesting turn. And, and by the way, he didn't realize Boris was on Twitter and did a follow up when he found out and tagged Boris in the next tweet. So, um, (laughs) It's there's going to be a lot of ugliness here, and they don't have a whole lot of time. They need to. That's the thing. They got to get this together quickly, you know. And I, it wouldn't surprise me that you know there was talk about that 82 game season. And I, I think it's going to be more than that. Uh, maybe it is going to be like a 105 game season. Um, and but they got to get going real quick if they want to get that done. You know, there's not a lot of time left before the fall comes, and you don't want to be. I, you're going to have to consider neutral sites. I would think in the fall for the playoffs because, you know, Minnesota in late October, uh, let alone November, is not very uh, appealing. And if you run into some weather, man, it's going to make it tough to complete a postseason. So maybe maybe they're thinking indoors like Milwaukee or who knows. But um, there's not a lot of time. That time element is going to play a role here for sure. Yeah, certainly if the intention is to get all these teams back to their home parks, the, the clock is ticking for baseball in a way that it doesn't have to for the other sports that either play indoors or, or don't care about the elements as much. But um, there certainly would be ways around that, too, if they wanted to have a hub city type plan similar to what the NHL is doing and keep it in warmer destinations. But a lot of work to figure out first. And According to the latest stories that we're reading, they're still hoping to get back to training camp in mid-June or spring training, I should say, in mid-June 
Wait, what are we calling it? Spring training? Training camp? Yeah, I can't remember what our... Okay. Yeah, I can't... Yeah, it's Spring it's training pre-season. 2, the sequel. Yes. Uh, in mid-June and then back on the field in July, they would really have to figure out all these differences uh, in terms of pay by next week, uh, according to Ken and Evan, to make that feasible, which obviously makes sense as it is June next week. So, um, yes. Hey, everybody. Question for you. Is it time to get a new cologne, but you don't know what to do? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the options that are out there. Or maybe you're like me and you haven't been cologne shopping in about a decade because you bought five bottles a long time ago and are still using the last one. Well, we have good news for you. It's called Hawthorne.co. Hawthorne believes that smelling good is important and Hawthorne cologne smells really good. The best part, getting Hawthorne is so easy to do. You just go to their website, you click one button, you take a quiz, anybody can do it, super easy. It makes a great gift for Father's Day, a great gift for yourself. All you need to do is take a quick two-minute quiz, and Hawthorne tells you the two colognes that are best for you, one for work, one for play. It's totally risk-free with free shipping and free returns. Check out Hawthorne at Hawthorne.co. That's Hawthorne with an E and .co, not .com. Hawthorne.co, and use my promo code ATHLETIC to get 10% off your first purchase. That's Hawthorne.co, and use my promo code ATHLETIC to get 10% off your first purchase. Hawthorne.co. In the meantime, Dan, if if player uh, if owners are looking for ways to to make some money to alleviate the stress, they should probably call up the Pensacola Blue Wahoos and get some <laughs> ideas. Because as you wrote about this week, a uh, pretty fantastic idea from their uh, their front office or their marketing or whoever came up with it. But uh, the Twins minor league team, the Double A team down in Florida, turned their entire clubhouse into an Airbnb for fifteen hundred dollars a night. Uh, 10 beds were put in the clubhouse. You get access to the clubhouse. You can go on the field in the batting cages. Uh, sounds pretty cool if you can get 10 friends and each shell out 150 bucks. But um, you actually talked to the owner and a few others uh, who, have, who have been in the clubhouse, Dan, about this uh, story. And uh, tell us about it. Yeah, you know, I, I've been in a handful of uh, clubhouses in the minor leagues, and not many are um great let's just say that (laughs) like now granted i've gone to visiting clubhouses quite a few times and those usually suck um but this one pensacola had just renovated it in the off season they put two hundred fifty thousand dollars in um over on a six-month project the the twins had asked them to renovate knock down a wall give players more space add a video room and all the the twins have some very specific items uh, because they're really interested um in improving the the environments for their players in the minor leagues uh, it's part of their commitment to um you know developing players i think they think they can get better so they added a video room at double a which used to be unheard of i mean the idea that players even had any kind of information um beyond some scouting reports at triple a was not long ago very far-fetched so obviously things are changing in that realm but but, uh, you know, the owner, Quint Studer, was looking at this clubhouse going, man, I wish I could show this off. And Florida, obviously, is open for business. Uh, they've been open for a little while now. and uh, They've devised all these different ways how to get uh, some kind of revenue. And so they, his daughter is a Airbnb owner, and they said, why not do this? Why not have a, an Airbnb at the ballpark? And it took off quickly. You know, it, um, I talked to a couple players who have been in there. And they, you know, one of them was Brian O'Grady. He played for the Reds last year. He's on the Rays now. 
played 28 games. He said, you know, he played for the Wahoos when they were a Reds affiliate maybe three, four years ago and said it was a great clubhouse then, but he's been working out there all offseason and said this is an amazing clubhouse. And even so, he was still skeptical about this whole project. And, like, within 24 hours, they sold out 39 dates of Airbnb. They would have sold out far more than that, but they they have to keep July and August open potentially for a minor league season that I'm just going to say right now. My – there's no way the minor league season is going to happen. Uh, you think about the logistics for a major league season and 30 player or 30 teams and trying to get um, as many of them uh, through games healthy. It's it's hard. You think about 140 teams with the minor leagues. That's next to impossible with the testing, with all the health health requirements that would be in place. So they were holding off for the time being on July and August. However, I'm sure that they will rent those out if the minor league season, if and when the minor league season's canceled. But they created a waiting list. Um, you know, so many people want to do this, and I, I think back to when I was a little leaguer and how much fun it would have been. That, I mean, Zach, what what if they had told you um, as a kid, hey, you want to hang out at the Metrodome? You can watch a movie on the big screen. You can take batting practice. Um, you know, so those things are add-ons for these these parties. But if you get to spend a night in the Twins clubhouse at the Metrodome, I imagine that would have been something you would have wanted to do. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have been able to. It was a, a little costly for for well, yeah. tastes back then. But um, heck yeah. I mean, that sounds like uh, I think I'd want to do it now if I could to just <laughs> yeah. have a night hitting balls around in a batting cage at the at any any stadium. It would be it would be a fun experience, but certainly a one that I – that I know and, and go to a lot. So yeah, it's a great idea. They also have a, um, uh, is it still there? The disc golf course on the field? Yeah. Do we know? Yeah, that was, that's a, another cool part, you know, uh, part owners, Bubba Watson, who two time master champion. Um, and the other part owner is Derek Brooks, Super Bowl champion linebacker with the, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, but Bubba Watson, they brought him in maybe a few weeks ago and we talked about doing something back then. A story because Bubba Watson came in and in a day helped set up a disc golf course on the diamond and they charge five bucks a head and uh, you can go and play disc golf at the at the field and it's funny I used to play it um, way back when I still have a bag full of discs from like 15 20 years ago uh, wow. me and my friends used to play it in San Diego yeah wow. well they have, they have a they have a beautiful course in San Diego that was a dollar fifty. Beautiful in San Diego. It is. It is. That that part is true. But in the middle of Balboa Park, they have this amazing course. Um, in fact, I remember seeing it on TV once. Uh, it's the spectacular setting. You just go out and throw a frisbee. Um, anyways, they said they've been getting like hundred fifty a, people. I, I didn't peg you for a disc golfer, but now I feel like I should have. I should have known. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it's a different time. It's like you know, that was like a, a way to go out and be active. Because until this pandemic, I, I I don't like going outside and walking, and that was a way to go walk, um, and yet not and trick yourself into not realizing you were exercising. Sure. Um, but 150 people a day, they're saying, are doing this, so they're driving revenue. in, in some ways, I think if you the 39 dates comes to about a little under 60 grand. Um, you know, if, if you're really making seven fifty a day off disc golf, something like that, you think about it, and um, that's that's nice. But as uh, the owner said to me, you know, they're they're even doing maybe three thousand on a good night in their restaurant, uh, which is at the ballpark and open. But he said, you know, on a good night, we were averaging forty thousand in concessions. So 
they're still taking probably significant losses. Um, despite that, they uh, they earlier this week committed to keeping all 25 of their full-time employees on through the end of 2020, which is pretty cool because, you know, like Rochester, they have not had to let go of any of, of their employees so far, but they are only, uh, they got PPEP loan. They are only committed through early June with their payroll. Um, I didn't, you know, Cedar Rapids, I didn't talk to. Uh, Fort Myers was their 15 employees were still on, but all these teams are in doubt. All those jobs are in doubt. And, and so Pensacola's owner basically said, look, I'm going to ensure I don't want to kill my young employees' uh, um, enthusiasm and, and have them be all laid off. And, and, you know, some of these people have been with us forever. So they committed and, and all those people have jobs through the end of the year, which is incredible uh, for the, the team to do that. So um, pretty cool stuff going on down in Pensacola. Yeah, it's not exactly a, a, a fun feel-good story if the uh, the sidebar is that all the employees got laid off. But um, so that's 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 great to hear that that those two things have gone hand in hand. That there's a reward for being creative to try to think of ways to at least um, make make some of that money come back. I, I can't wait to read the reviews on this Airbnb page. Actually, <laughs> it's it's, it's funny to be able to write too. one. Like, that would be great. Oh. You know the accommodations were a little stuffy. That's that's right. I I, I want to read your review. Um, it's funny as we're recording here, uh, the the tweet was sent out with how they set up the. Uh, I I retweeted it, how it looks and they've got uh, three bunk beds in there, um, and then they've got these two large beds. It looks like kings. Um, so they they were just setting up and doing oh, these a tour are new. today. This, this they just yeah. tweeted this. Oh wow! They did. They did and. Um, actually Bubba Watson and his family are going to be the first guests. They are off the books They're The Airbnb is technically, I believe starting on, uh, on Thursday night. And, uh, you know, they're, they're going to be the first people to stay there, um, before guests come in. I think guests come in on the Sunday night for the first time. I think Bubba Watson's family gets the first two or three nights there. So perks of being a part owner. You do all ten of you have to sleep in the same room? It appears so. Uh, consider yes. that before you before you book. But you get a nice little kitchenette right there in the bedroom. There's a little mini fridge, sink, toaster, microwave. I think that's all you need. But you get the ping be, pong. Got some couches to lounge on. There's the, the couches. I bet is the key for me is how is the Wi-Fi because that's <laughs> yeah. really frustrating when you don't get good Wi-Fi. As someone who has stayed in quite a few Airbnbs. Uh, let me tell you, the Wi-Fi is the biggest key by far, although the cleanliness of the place is probably the most critical part. Uh, I'm guessing that the Blue Wahoos do a good job. Um, some of these former places I've stayed at, they're going to need to work a little bit harder on the cleanliness aspect. Let's just say that. So, yeah, Although the sure. one I mentioned in the story was actually very clean and very nice. It just had a kitchen in the shower. I mean, a shower in the kitchen. Sorry there. Hey, uh, you never know. You never know. You're cooking. You get dirty. You just you don't even want to deal with going upstairs. Just put me right in the shower from the I kitchen. I think that I place like is it. designed by Michael Scott from uh, The Office. Probably. You know, he used to, there you go. Yeah. He, he used to love the smell of bacon uh, frying in the morning. Was that it? And he burned his foot. Was that what he he uh, he made? And, and clearly, he wants to be able to put some toast in the toaster oven while taking a shower. And that was his motivation. Airbnb was such a great, 
a great thing in Europe. I don't know what it was about Europe, but it was like two bedroom suite, like full on apartments, two bedrooms, two bed, like just more than you would ever need as one person. And it was like half the price of a hotel. Well, I might as well. <laughs> yeah. Might as well. Might as well live in luxury. Have an extra you know, guest bedroom. You never know what might what might happen when you're out on the town. You might meet some friends. Uh, but man, add, add that to near the top of the list of uh, of things that I can't wait to do again someday. Is uh, feel comfortable walking into a hotel slash Airbnb and traveling. But yeah, how do we talk about Airbnbs for so long? I'm impressed. This was good. <laughs> I know. Look at us. It's uh, we also we're... you mentioned uh, you mentioned Pensacola paying all its uh, employees through the end of 2020, which is uh, I think probably the the most generous one that I've seen so far. But the Twins uh, recently announced, or Ken Rosenthal reported, I should say, last week that uh, they're going to continue paying all their full time employees through June. No furloughs, not even for interns. Uh, and, I, and I think the Twins, I don't know if they were the first, but they, they seem to have started a wave of other teams that are announcing uh, similar plans. So good on them for now as well, I'd say. Yeah. The, the, the worrying about a job when there's no fans coming in and filling the uh, revenues is, uh, is quite daunting. And you have a lot of people who are from all over the country who have moved to Minnesota to take a job there and, and um, I wouldn't be surprised if there are further commitments also though I mean the fact that there will be revenue coming in and there will be games um, should help alleviate some of those concerns but you see it I mean the A's I mean, bring back the A's again with their new ownership um, just announced earlier this week that furloughs um, in fact uh, a friend who's a media relations member has been furloughed basically will not from June to October get a paycheck. Um, like it's just, it's so tough and people making certain amounts are getting significant pay cuts. And I know you lived in LA, but you know, Bay area real estate is not cheap. And I imagine yep. a lot of those people are, you know, if they're making six figures, if they're making a hundred thousand and they're being losing 25 grand in that salary, um, Rent is not cheap there. Look at San Francisco. I can't even imagine people who have to take a pay cut and try to afford living in San Francisco or some of those areas, New York City, that kind of stuff, everywhere. Um, there's just – it's a tough time. So, yeah, definitely good on the Twins. And, and more teams have come out and said they're going to do it. And I think even Detroit Tigers might have said they're going the whole year um, already committed to it. And I know a few franchises are trying to do that. Um, it's really great when they do that and take care of the people because a lot of work goes in and it's not just 40 hour work weeks for people on the, especially in the baseball upside, but you know, knowing people on the business side, there's a lot of people who spend a lot more than 40 hours and put a lot of their heart and soul into these teams. And it's cool when they can uh, know that they're still safe despite the industry, you know, struggling as much as it is. Yep, we we hope everybody out there in the Twins and beyond is uh, is doing all right. There's there's 40 million people I think we're up to now out of work. Obviously, uh, in the last week uh, there have been some additional uh, challenges here in in Minneapolis with uh, George Floyd's horrific death, the the protests yeah. that followed that. So, uh, hope everybody's staying safe and 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 making do here in these times. We were going to try to entertain you talking about. Uh, 
sports TV shows or, or, or fictional sports TV moments, I guess, that we liked. But um, I think we can save that for another show because we instead talked about an Airbnb in Pensacola, Florida for about 15 minutes. But um, <laughs> hope, hopefully we gave you a smile and hopefully uh, you enjoy the show. And uh, Dan, I think, I think that's all for us this week. You have anything else? Um, just this, we'll just go back to the Airbnb real quick. Twins Clubhouse, all time. Where would you set up your cot? What, who's, whose locker mm. would you set it up outside of? Ooh, um, that might be a, a like don't meet your heroes situation, or maybe maybe I don't <laughs> want to know what you know Joe Maurer has in his um, in his cubby locker or whatever it's called. Uh, I think. <laughs> Do I do I get to meet the person or I'm just like no sleeping? no you're just camping okay. out. Who's I guess I'd have to say uh, Kent Herbeck. Okay, I bet he has I, some interesting stuff. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, for just that reason where you said you don't want to meet your heroes and see what's in their their locker. I would choose uh, from the Giants. Tim Linscombe. I want to know hmm. what's in his locker. I want to know what's up there. Um, yeah, so that's that's my choice on that. But yeah, that's uh, yeah. No matter what's in Ken Herbeck's locker, I'm not going to be too devastated by it. But there, there's a few other players that if I were to find something I didn't want to find, it would be like, ooh, I didn't, I didn't need to know that about that person. <laughs> but um, well, that was a weird note to end it on. But I liked it. I liked it. That was a good final thought from Dan. Good job, Dan. Hey, thanks, thanks. That was fun. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. As always, thanks to producer Adam, and we will see you next time.